evening. Welcome everyone live, Sunday night, local. Um, we're in for a great night. Um, we've had some great time worshipping God tonight. And uh, we're ready now for the Word of God. And we have an incredible man of God coming to share it with us. Ray Mills, who's just, uh, he's just a, a man of God. I've known Ray for a long time from the start of my journey. He's been someone who's encouraged me and he's a, a man of God that sharpens you. So let's just tune our ears into what God is going to say through him tonight. Amen. Come on, let's welcome Ray. Hallelujah. Good evening, everyone. I'm going to take this off now. You see my face? Hello, everybody. Good evening. Magandang gabi po, if you're Filipino. If you're not, you won't know what I just said. Um, translation. Translation, good evening. Okay. Well, I hope everybody is doing well, and um, I'm excited and blessed to be able to share the Word of God with you this evening. It's always an honor to be able to share the Word of God with God's people. Amen. And uh, we never take that responsibility lightly, uh, because we understand that God's Word is power and life. And uh, I'm excited about what God's Word will do uh, this evening. Uh, before we do anything else, I just want to pray. Is that okay? I'm going to yeah. pray anyway. I'm just, just being polite. <laughs> Um, let's just close our eyes and let's just pray. And Father God, I thank you for the power of your word. Lord, I thank you that it is your word and your spirit that bring life and peace. Lord God, in this season and in this time where we need both of those things, we need life and we need peace. And it's your word and your spirit that bring both of those. Lord, I pray that each of us would surrender our lives more and more to your presence that we'd surrender our lives more and more to the power of your word and your spirit, that we'd be walking in the power of your presence, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Okay, so I've got some uh, verses that I'm going to share, but um, I thought I'd just share a little bit about what's going on with me and Sarah. We've been, obviously, as you know, uh, we've been living in the Philippines for almost four years now. Uh, serving God out there, doing all kinds of stuff. And, uh, and more recently, we, we ended up planting a Family Church to Gig, which was a complete miracle. Uh, God sent us into a community where we knew no one. Uh, no one knew us. And uh, our mission was to plant a church, get people born again. And uh, we saw God do amazing things. And, uh, you know, we, we went as two, but we left as many. And, uh, and that was our declaration of faith, that really was, and we didn't know anybody. But as we journeyed through that season, you know, what we, we focused on one at a time rather than the crowd. Uh, and we found that as we developed relationships with the one, the crowds were formed. And uh, we saw God doing amazing things, and we saw the power of God in wonderful ways. Um, we had... Uh, Dealing, or I could be up here all night and share stories about the power of God. Does anyone want to hear anything about that happened? Uh, okay, oh, one person saying yes. Okay, is it the one? I would say yes. All right. Okay, we're not allowed to say be loud. All right. So just nod. Everyone, there you go. There you go. Now I'm being creative. Nod. Okay. Brilliant. Okay. So, you know, who, if anyone has been to the Philippines before, uh, it's a very spiritual place. It's a very traditional place. It's a very cultural place. And very culturally diverse as well. And it's an amazing place to be. If you've ever get a chance to go to the Philippines, please go. It is absolutely beautiful. 
and amazing. And anybody who's been there will agree with me silently by nodding their head yeah. uh, if, that's, if that's the case. Um, so uh, we had some amazing times and not only were we building the church, but we had an, a wonderful opportunity to minister to the communities that we were uh, living in. And by the end of our stay, we were given the great privilege to preach the gospel to thousands of people uh, throughout the communities that we lived in. Uh, they were using our messages every, every Sunday morning to broadcast to the entire neighborhood because no one could go to church. And the only local pastor they knew was me. And so there were, there were others, but the, the only one they knew was me. So uh, I got the great privilege of, of preaching the gospel every single Sunday to hundreds and thousands of people, uh, which was amazing. Um, and you know what? The amazing thing was we never knew the result that the gospel was having. But every now and then, I would meet someone in, say, a coffee shop, so I'd be there studying or there meeting somebody, and I'd say, hi, hello, and they'd say, you're the pastor. And I went, what? <laughs> Instantly, they knew who I was. You're the pastor who preaches on Sundays. And, yeah, yeah, that's me. Sorry about that. No, she's, no, no, no. Thank you. And every now and then, I'd get someone that would come out of nowhere and just say thank you, because it was the gospel that was being ministered to them weekly. That was keeping them sane during lockdown. Um, and you know, when, when lockdown first started um, in, the, in the Philippines, uh, they asked me to preach every other day. And so for about 27 days, I preached almost in a row. And uh, it, was, uh, it was amazing uh, just to see how people were responding to the gospel in that time. God was moving in people's families. I was getting messages randomly saying, God has done this for me, praise God, and all that kind of stuff. And it was just wonderful uh, to see what God was doing uh, in that time. And so we found that just as we were coming to the end of that lockdown, and as, we, as things were changing in the Philippines, we did feel it was right to come on home. And we felt that God had done what he wanted us to do. And so we came on back. And so now we're starting life again in the UK. And it's a privilege to be sharing life with you guys again. I know we can't see each other at the moment because we're all in lockdown again. Uh, what, what are we now? We're not in lockdown, are we? Tier, tier 2. Whatever that means. Um, we're in Tier 2, and, uh, and I'm sure that will change at some point to something else. And uh, we'll, we'll enjoy being, having life together again. Yeah, yeah. Amen. I hear everybody online saying amen at that point. Okay, fantastic. So the first verse I want to go to uh, this evening is Jeremiah 1. Verse 11. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to your, open up your Bibles and turn to Jeremiah 1, verse 11. And it says this. It says, And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see an almond branch. And the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. You know, God is a faithful God. Amen. Everyone nod, if that's what you're agreeing with. Fantastic. God is a faithful God. He is who He says He is. And He'll do what He says He will do. You know, when we read the Bible, when we read the Word of God, and when we, we, we can sometimes ask God, God, is that really true? But what the question we should be asking is, God, are you, do you have integrity? Because when we question the word of God, we're actually questioning God's integrity. Because God 
and his integrity and his word cannot be diminished. They cannot be uh, spoiled by anything. God is a God of integrity and he keeps his word. Yes. Amen. I love listening to Pastor Stu this morning preaching and uh, sharing the word. And, and, uh, and I'm noticing that all of the leaders are having similar themes and God is speaking to all the leaders. And we don't get to spend much time together, so this is definitely God. That God is imprinting on our hearts something so big, it's incredibly difficult to articulate what it is. But every now and then we get glimpses of what God is going to do and we have to... We have to study his word and, and be in his word to grab a context of what it is that God is about to do. I don't think anybody is in confusion with the fact that we are in end times. I don't think anybody's in confusion with that. I think everybody pretty much agrees that, yes, we are in end times. Even non-Christians are asking that question, is this it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have to just smile and nod and say, yeah. But don't worry, because God wins. I remember I see I was in the supermarket in um, in our city to gig in the Philippines, and I saw one of the guys from our neighbourhood, and uh, he was talk. We started talking, and we started just sharing. And he's like, "God," he says, "Ray, this is really challenging my faith. This is really challenging my faith." And I'm beginning to think that is God even there? I said, "God's there." You see, the enemy has a strategy, and a big part of that strategy is to make you think that God is not there. You see, if the devil can cut you off and isolate you and silence you, we all begin to ask the same questions. Is God really there? That's part of his strategy. But when we realize that there's no room too dark, there's no place too deep, there's no place too isolated that God can't get to. You see, what the world calls lockdown and quarantine, we've re-termed extended devotional time. It's about perspective. You can't lock me away from God. You can lock me with God. But you can't lock me away from God. If you lock me in a room by myself, all I'm going to do is fast and pray. That's it. If you lock me in a room, if you take away my friends, if you take away my livelihood, if you take away everything I've got, all I'm going to do is fast and pray. Which means you've made me and put me in a more dangerous position than you ever did before. That is the position we all stand in. That is the position we all live in. But we need to have that same perspective that the moment the devil cuts you off from people is the moment that he gets you closer to God. Amen? Because sometimes, no matter how much we love each other, we're actually a distraction to each other. Because we end up falling in love with what we can see more than what we fall in love with Him. And that's part of what I'm going to say in just a moment. God is a God of integrity. He's a God of His Word. He does what He says He will do. And He is who he says he is. Hebrews 1, I love this, is one of my perfect, this is one of my favorite scriptures. Out of all the books in the Bible, the book of Hebrews is probably my favorite because it talks about the majesty of Jesus. 
And for all those weird cults out there that try and remove the significance of who Jesus was, they have to ignore most of the Bible to be able to do that. So if they start telling you they believe the same thing, they read the same book, they really don't. Okay? Hebrews 1, verse 1 says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in his last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. Verse 3, he is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. And after making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. I love that passage of scripture. Because not only does it talk about the majesty of Jesus, it talks about the completeness and the finished work of what he set out to do. Because there is a significance in sitting down. I don't know if you know much about the old traditions or the old rituals that used to take place under the old covenant. But a high priest was never allowed to sit down. Because the job was never finished. You see the significance of Jesus sitting down. Is basically because the job is finished. After making purifications for sins. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And if you read the Ephesians. Ephesians tells us how we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You see, we are seated in His finished work. We haven't finished anything, but He finished everything. That's right. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I remember I was sitting on the balcony of our of our apartment in the Philippines, and I was watching, and I was praying, and I was out there praying because I was preparing for a message. And I'd sit and I watched the storms roll in. It's raining season. And I'd sit and I'd watch the seasons change. It would be hot. Then it would be raining and thundering and lightning. And there was one day in particular where I just felt a real heavenly moment with God. Where God was saying to me, change is coming. Change is coming. And that really, really shook me from the core of who I am because... It was a heavenly change. It was a change that the devil couldn't do anything about. It was a change that was permanent. It was a change that was irreversible. Because change is coming. Amen? Amen. Change is coming. This is not the end. This is just the beginning. It's a little bit... I won't share too much on that because there's a... A bit I want to read to you after this. But as I was sat on the balcony and I'm praying and I'm watching the storm roll in. And I'm watching the clouds get dark. God said this statement to me. Don't fear the darkness that brings the rain. 
I'm going to share this prophecy and I'm going to try and do it in one piece <laughs> this evening. Because this, I believe, is for all of us. It's for the church globally. It's everyone everywhere. Because this is now God is dealing with his church. The body of Christ. The bride of Christ. He's now dealing with us. Everywhere. God doesn't see, God sees nations, but he doesn't see, oh, that little church over there, that little church over there, that church. He sees the church. He may deal with people differently. He may do things differently over here. He may do things differently over there. But he deals with his church. Amen. So as I was praying, God said that statement, don't fear the darkness that brings the rain. And that stayed in my heart. And I, I preached a message on that in the Philippines. Because I believed that change was coming. And this afternoon as I was preparing for this evening. God began to just download to me. What that looks like and what it's going to mean to us. So here we go. This next season... will roll in under a cloud of darkness. But don't fear the darkness that brings the rain. What looks like is afar off will soon be here. Don't trust in what you can see to get you through the things you cannot. But rather trust in what you cannot see to bring you through what you can. Those who are of the Spirit must live, operate and move through the Spirit. Because the kingdom of God is at hand. What the devil hoped to crush you, God will use to release you. The oil that is released will pour out of brokenness. But the oil will bring about anointing that we've not seen before to prepare the way of the Lord. This anointing will prepare the church's bride with a sweet smell, ready for the return of the king. The rain will soon be upon us. The glory will soon be here in its manifestation of grace. The world will see it and want it. Don't trust in what you can see. Don't trust in the ground beneath your feet. For God is shaking the kingdom's of this earth. Just as Babel was stopped, so he will stop those who think they are above the Almighty. Our God is not mocked. Do not be fearful or worried. Stay within his wings and under the covering of his blood. Stay in faith. Stay in love with your first love. And do not let the Lord of the air cause your hearts to grow cold. But God has, called, has a provision plan for you. The kingdom economy is your portion. Only believe. Remember, Noah was found by grace. Faith believed there would be rain. Obedience built the ark. Trust believed they would be safe. Hope was watchful. For a new beginning. Prepare for glory. Humble yourselves. Repent 
Forgive and be forgiven. Receive the gift of righteousness. The corporate gathering will be a result of individual pursuit. Now is the time. Church, pray in the Holy Ghost. And usher in this new season of glory. Love will be the evidence of a new season. And what you had before will look like Egypt when you see the promised land he has for us. The fence is, is, is fake. It doesn't exist. Sitting on the fence does not exist. That luxury, that, that, that saying that we've thrown around so many times over the years. Oh, we're sitting on the fence. It doesn't exist. You're either close to God or far from God. The fence is a myth. It's time to draw close, church. Because the door on the ark is closing. And one day it will be shut. You see, for us, this is everything we've said we've believed. This is everything that we've said that we put our hope in. We said that we hoped in the return of Christ. We said that we believed that one day he will come back and collect the... We said we believed all this stuff. But what happens when reality kicks in? Do we still believe what we said we believe? The season that we're in, guys, is a sobering season. The time for messing around is done. It's done. We don't have that luxury anymore. It's gone. God is calling us all into maturity. And if we're going to be mature, then we need to be spiritual. We can't afford to be led by our opinions or by what we can see. Because we all pray, Lord, let your will be done. But then we complain when it clashes with our opinions. You see, we have to be very careful that we don't end up worshipping our opinions above the will of God. That we don't hold so tightly to what we have an opinion on that God can't change it. That is the political error that we've made in this season. That our opinions have become immovable. But I believe that God wants to move us all into a season where when we pray, Lord, your will be done, we don't care how it looks. That's the season we're moving into, church. We don't care how the will of God looks. What we want is the will of God. Yeah, that's good. Amen? We want the will of God. Undecisiveness, we've got no time for anymore. There's a bunch of stuff, a lot of luxuries that we've had that we don't have time for anymore. Because we need to fill the ark. We need to get people in the ark. The rain is coming. And soon it will be here. But I love what God says. Love will be the evidence of a new season. Mm, yeah. Because in all this fear, what is it that casts out all fear? Yeah. 
his perfect love. Fear is what's, being consu- what's consuming this generation right now. Fear. But his perfect love casts out all fear. Love will be the evidence of a new season. And I love this bit. What you had before will look like Egypt. When you see the promised land God has got for us. This is what's on our hearts. I think I can say this with confidence that as leaders, as pastors, this is what's on our heart. It's difficult to describe. It's difficult to articulate. Because we know we can feel it in our bones. But we can't bring into words what God is about to do. Because it's so glorious. All I can say, and I'm going to close with this and then we'll pray. All I can say is get ready. Get ready. It's going to take us by surprise. We've tried to prepare ourselves with the best we can, but it's still going to catch us by surprise. And it's going to be like the breaking of a dam. It's going to start with a drip. When we see the drip, keep watching. Because the dam is cracking. And then it will come flooding in. You see, the devil's got a plan. That is to make this winter the most depressing, dark winter to try to celebrate, stop us celebrating Jesus Christ. But this can be the most powerful Christmas you've ever had. This can be the most powerful Christmas you've ever had. Because it's not about stuff. It's about Him. It's about Him. Guys, I hope this has blessed you this evening. I'm not going to go on for too much longer because I don't think I need to. But I just wanted to share that word with you. And you guys watching at home, wherever you are, I hope this has blessed you and encouraged you. Because the devil's not one. He wants to make you think he has, but he hasn't. He's lost, and he knows he's lost. He's just trying to weaken the church by making them so scared they can't do anything. But God has won. And if God wins, we win. Amen? Amen. Can we stand together this evening? Is that okay? Everyone just lift your hands with me one more time. We've done a lot of hand lifting tonight. It's good. It's exercise. Just going to pray. For all those at home as well, just join us in this prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We thank you that there's no mountain too big. There's no valley too deep. There's no place too dark or place too cut off that you can't get to. Lord, I thank you that isolation in the right perspective can be great devotional time with you. That all we have to do is shift our focus and put our focus more on you than anything else, we can draw closer to you and become more dangerous to the kingdom of darkness than we've ever been before. Jesus, I thank you that in this time of pressure, there is a purification happening. There is a redefining happening. There is a repurposing happening. Lord, I thank you that in this time of pressure, there is a mobilization happening in Jesus' name. 
Lord, I thank you for the word that you've spoken out tonight. And Lord, I thank you that you are faithful to watch over your word, to perform it and see it come to pass. And Lord, I thank you that what happens next will be marked with love and grace like we've never seen before. Lord, I thank you that there'll be a greater definition of your glory experienced by your people and seen by the world than ever before. And Lord, I thank you that in every person in this room and every person watching online, Lord God, will begin to draw closer to you again and realizing that the fence is a myth. It doesn't exist. It's time to draw close and bring others with us when we do. Jesus, I thank you that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Lord, I thank you that there's no guilt with you. There's no shame with you. There's no judgment with you because of what your son did. Where we can draw close to you with our heads lifted. Just where you are now with your eyes closed, just lift your heads. Because that's what God does. He lifts our head. You are not a victim. You are not a victim. But you are victorious. Jesus, I thank you for the great anointing that's being released through your body at this time. That will pave the way for the return of the King. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you, ladies and gentlemen. God bless you guys. Thank you, Ray.